Do you ever fantasize about listening to Hank? It's been a day for developments. We've learned more about the shooter, more about the circumstances surrounding the shooting, and much more about the... Department of you Homeland bet. Security now issuing a terrorism warning about what they say is a growing threat from domestic violent extremists. The feds say they think the threat will last for weeks. Breaking news, a 28-year-old suspect going on a stabbing spree at a home, then a busy shopping mall overnight, killing at least two people. The episode of Death by DVD, which you are about to listen to, subject matter is that of suicide. Listening discretion is advised. We interrupt your current broadcast with breaking news from Death by DVD. This is Death by DVD, and I am Hank, the world's greatest. This news is neither new, nor is it breaking. It's not really a bulletin either, but what it is, is the continuation to Exploiting Christine, the Christine Chubbuck story, TV Casualty. So now we just have to figure out where we were last week. I've got the tape here, we'll just pop that in and get everything going. Ooh, <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> that's not the right tape. That's uh, my car jams, even though I don't have a car. But that's my car jams tape. It's good stuff, but it's it's not the right stuff. Uh, it's, it's labeled, you know, not car jams. Let's see. Aha. All right, here we go. Check this out. So until next week, the ashtray is full and the oh, fuck, it's the end. Is empty. God. Be sure to take some time. This shouldn't be so hard. This 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 shouldn't be so hard. It... All right. Um, let's rewind it. I wish I had uh, two tape decks because then I could play the car jam music while I'm rewinding. This, this is a fucking podcast. Why am I even going through? This this shouldn't even have to happen. There we go. Okay. There's the jam music. Tape decks. There's no point to any of this. Okay. Without further ado. Here is the second part and finale to Exploiting Christine, the Christine Chubbuck story, TV casualty. We'll start a minute or so before the last episode ended, so you got a frame of reference of what we were talking about. And here we go. You can't really get into the mind of someone that is so depressed and, and try and understand where they're coming from or what they were trying to do. You look at Christine Chubbuck, you look at what we're allowed to know what's left of her. You hear about her wicked sense of humor and just kind of pushes that question even more to the front of your brain. Well, was really this playing into her sense of humor? Was this the ultimate fuck you? Get out of the hospital, get better. The station gets tons and tons and tons of ratings. Everything goes back to normal. Maybe you have a little bit of a slur when you talk. I don't know. I continuously say that. I don't know. What type of fucking show is this? I don't know. I listen to this guy. He doesn't know. I don't know. We don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. I don't even know why I listen to this. I don't know, man. But I've said this before. Even if she didn't mean for this to be lethal, 
would it have really changed the outcome? Because at the end of the day, all we have is Christine Chubbuck exploited. If she had survived, what difference would it have been? It would have been blown up even more. It would have been all over. There would be dozens and dozens of movies. Probably nothing anywhere nearly as nice as Network. Which is incredibly petty to say because the only reason that movie exists is because of the death of Christine. Thus, da-da-da, the word of the night, exploitation. Throughout the film, Christine is very close with a colleague named Jean. There's a point in the movie where Jean tells Christine, When things are going bad, I just like to sing a song on the radio and have some ice cream. And that's how this movie ends. Christine Chubbuck shoots herself. We get to see the whole nine yards, almost as if we were there. We go into the station, we see her writing her report. We see her writing her suicide letter. We see every single piece. We see her in the hospital, her mother crying. And then we go to Jean eating ice cream, singing a song on the television. And it's just like, that's it. Things go. Things come. Things go. Time goes on. We move on. Isn't it sad? And it had no point. It, it literally had no point. You get this really nice, this eloquently shot thing. And that's, that's just what it is. It's just a thing. You get exposed into the world and the life of Christine Schubeck, and it goes absolutely nowhere. It just, it exploits her and what she stood against. All the film did was bring the doom and gloom directly into your home. It's not the ending that matters. We go through the struggle. We go through this interpretation of who this person was in their life and everything about them, and then it's just erased. It's just neglected with the focal point being on the end of the story. And I know that's what everybody wants to see. It's just like faces of death. It's the desensitization, I guess. The bizarre need to watch these horrible atrocities that people have. But unfortunately, that's what this movie kind of perpetuated. That That's what Christine, the Campos film, has done. All it has done is given these people that just want to see her shoot herself another reason to hunt it down, another reason to be excited about it. There is no celebration of her. There is nothing at the end of this movie that makes you reflect and go, wow, she was a person with a soul and her own emotions and her thoughts. It's awful. It just ends. It's just a movie. It, it lacks any compassion, and to me, that makes it lack any point. It makes it lack any meaning in anything. You're dealing with a true story, and obviously it's, it's for film. So you're going to make it bigger. Like, you really think the Lincoln movie that Spielberg did is fucking accurate? Every single tiny little scene? Nope, that's exactly how it went. No! Gladiator. Yep, that's exactly how it was. Exactly how it was. No fucking way. I get it. I understand. It's a movie. It's based on a true story. Let it go. But we're dealing with something that doesn't have the capability of having its own story. You can't go find anything about Christine, and there's no one to ask, there's no one to talk to, there's no one to learn anything about. So we have these representations, and you're dealing with, with a human, you're dealing with, with not like Adolf Hitler, you're not dealing with like a fucking monster who it, you can tell the story any way you want to because they're a fucking monster. It was just a human, it was just a person. Their life was not means of exploitation, and that's all they've done. We're, we're going to tell her story. No, you're going to tell how she killed herself. You're going to promote how she killed herself. You're going to exploit how she fucking killed herself. That's all you're selling. You're doing the one thing that, that literally was the whole embodiment of her killing herself. To stand up against it. To, okay, here's what you want. Here's what you get. This is what you want. This is what you get. This is what you want. Goddamn public images, LTD. Get out of here, Johnny Rotten. So you give this ballet of her life and her sorrows and her woe. And then you drop down to the level that she 
fought and died, literally. I'm not going to call her a martyr, but almost as a martyr, to show is just fucking fear-mongering. But all this aside, on the subject of Antonio Campos' film, Christine, from 2016, it is an excellent film. It is an emotional film. I think, overall, it is pointless. I, I have to just call it that way. I think that you've offered nothing but sensationalizing and exploiting the death of Christine Shubik. You've done nothing for her life. You've done nothing for her story. You've done nothing for who she is. And I guess that doesn't matter. I guess people don't think of it that way. I guess... It's an idea. It's something to sell. I don't know. But it took me four hours to watch the goddamn movie because I had to continuously pause it because it made me weep. It hurt. It, it was painful to watch. I think what hurts the most is the exploitation, though. I think it's the fact that 40 years later we're feeling all this emotion for somebody that nobody would have, nobody felt emotion for at the time. Their life had meaning. Their life mattered. And then it comes down to the end of their story, and that's just unfair that that's all that's left. That's just not really fair, I guess. But what fucking is? Moving on, we have Kate Plays Christine by Robert Greene, written and directed. This film is nothing but exploitation. It attempts to be some pseudo-documentary about this actress who's going to be playing Christine Shubik and how it affects her. And you go through the movie, and for the most part, it's just Kate Scheel reading the Sally Quinn article, wandering around her apartment, trying on really bad wigs. You've got these dramatizations of paragraphs from the Sally Quinn story, and it, it just goes nowhere. It's this odd struggle of... This very selfish, odd struggle of this actress attempting to find out pretty much the, the length of the show. Anything, possibly, about Christine. And it's like, I just want to get to know her better so I can play her. All the while, we learn nothing about Kate, and we learn nothing about Christine. We get a lot of useless information and opinions on what people think of the end of the story, what people think of why she did it. You get these glazed over idiotic opinions on suicide that this movie and the subject matter has no place for. Some of these independent ideas on, well, it's just selfish and a waste of a bullet. These blatantly offensive things that are supposed to be, I guess, artistic. But even at the beginning of this film, it lacks any empathy and it lacks any soul. And unfortunately, it lacks any point. The Campos film too, neither of these things seem to, to matter. You, you told the story, but all you did was tell the most explicit part of the story. You had no care or consideration for who the human and the person was. The Campos film attempts to have something, but in the long run it does nothing at the end of the movie. It's just got some doodah message of, things go on! Here, we don't even have that. Kate plays Christine is fucking disrespectful. It attacks and insults somebody that's been dead for 40 years because it's got some pious meaning of itself, and really it comes off as like a high school student film, not even your first two or three years of film school. It's just got this unfinished, snide teenager opinion, and it doesn't do anything for anyone. You don't learn anything. You don't learn a lesson. At the end of the movie, you even get insulted, which is kind of laughable because you've gone through this entire struggle just hoping at some point somebody might have an original thought of their own or feel some sort of compassion, that somebody might look aside from their own inner turmoil that might pull their head out of their ass and look around and see the situation and see the integrity and what Christine stood for as a person and what her death stood for. But again, it's just focusing on the end. It's just blowing it up. This is what's going to sell. You came into this because you want to know what happened to her. 
You just came into this because you want to see her shoot herself. You want to see a reenactment. You want to see violence. And that's not the point. It was entirely missed. It was just, like, like massively missed. And it's baffling. It's upsetting. It's so snide, and it takes such a rough attitude. You get this retelling. There's nothing original. You can easily find Christine Chubbick, 29, good-looking, educated, television personality, dead, live, and in color, by Sally Quinn, and you can read it for yourself. But what the filmmakers decided to do in this situation was just stretch it out unnecessarily so, pointing in their own opinions that have nothing to do with her life. It's just exasperating her death and making it even more painful. It's even opening up the wound further of what she hated and perpetuating it and just pushing it more and more and more. All they do is focus on the death. There's so much fucking more to anybody than that. There's so much more to anything than just the end. Neither movie really seemed to have a point. It's just exploiting Christine. Which I guess I am too. Anything about her, her work, it's, it's just gone. We have the death. That's all we have. So all we can do is continuously exploit her, continuously dig up all of this to try and make sense of it. But it's just so odd to me that the one thing she was against is the only thing that's sensationalized when it comes to retelling her story. As if the people that made it didn't even bother to look at her, that didn't even bother to, to, to feel who she is, to look at why she did it. It's all right there. She wrote it down. Her struggle itself, her co-workers and colleagues and her family talk about it. It's right there. It was her artistic struggle, and, and the fact that she couldn't even have the equality of integrity with her artistic belief with other people. You want violence? Then here it is. And she presented it to them, neatly, just the way they wanted it. Here is the story from Christine Chubbuck that you've always wanted, finally. Your blood and your guts. I'm not defending it. I'm not justifying it. But that's the fact. That's, that's what it is. It's not a glorification of somebody putting a gun to their head and blowing their brains out. But with Kate Plays Christine, you get something interesting at the end of the film, because Kate pulls a gun on you, the audience, and starts yelling. She needs to know why she's doing this. Like, there's some personalization behind it. Like, there's something deeper to the whole effect of what you're watching here. And then she proceeds to shoot herself and tell the audience off and call you sickos for just wanting to see it, which is incredibly presumptuative and just asinine on the filmmaker's part. Trying to do something edgy, I get it. I, I really understand here. And you just come off flatulent it's fucking lame and it's offensive and what you've done they end up insulting her they call her some pathetic woman that just killed herself as to where you have any right to do so as you have any input or anything original or anything that actually made the story more than what it was all you fucking did was exploit her death that's it. You once again, you've held a hand just as badly as everyone involved in her life that didn't listen to her, that didn't take her claim seriously, that didn't hear, I'm going to shoot myself on television. You're just as bad as that. The filmmakers involved, everyone involved, and Kate plays Christine. You've just personified the reason she killed herself even more 40 years later and managed to insult her and the audience while doing so, and it's pathetic and it's sad. It's heartbreaking to see that so much effort was put into something that ends up just damning and pissing on somebody that's been dead for 40 years and can't even speak for themselves. Which, unfortunately, you would think their death would have spoken loudly enough. 
but it falls on deaf ears. It falls on the ears of those that are afraid and those that live inside that square that are perpetually and constantly afraid to go outside or look at anything aside from what's directly in front of them. It's a shame. It's it's really a shame that the legacy of somebody, and it doesn't matter that her work wasn't prolific. It doesn't matter that her work wasn't as touching as Barbara Walters. The legacy of somebody, anybody, a human that lives inside this world with us, that had a soul and feelings and emotion. It's just incredibly sad that this is the sort of legacy that gets left for her. Kate plays Christine, this bastardized version that just pretty much paints it. Yeah, she was just some moody person. Why do you want to watch her kill herself? You're a sicko. Thanks. Th thanks for your artistic input here. I really don't value it, and I just don't understand what your point was outside of, did you just not get it? Did you just struggle to understand? Can you not connect to the idea of somebody being so miserable that they just want to end it? Because that's what happened here. There's no questions to be asked. Christine Chebek fucking killed herself because she wanted out of this world. She was done with it and she had a point to prove. You can look for so many more meanings to it, but she had a goddamn point. She had a message and this is how she proved it. This is how she told the world. And it's just lost, forgotten, or erased 40 years later. And it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. The only moderate, pleasant thing about this movie is you actually get to see, incredibly briefly, Christine doing an interview. You go through the whole movie, in fact, maybe to just get a touch of that, and then you get it, and then it easily goes into this just bullshit blasé piece at the end. I Watch it for yourself, but I have no regard for this film, and I have nothing nice to say about it. I, I think entirely the point was missed, and I, I just don't understand the reasoning for making something like this. I don't get your point for doing so. You just come off like a bully. You, you come off like a crass and crude bully, and it's sad. You're picking on somebody that killed themselves 40 years ago, and you don't get the point. Not everything has a goddamn point. Not every movie, not every story, not everything in life has a point, but this did. Christine Chubbuck had a point. We live in a society of freaks and emotional vampires who wallow in defeat and blood and guts and infidelity and trash. We live in a society that worships daytime talk shows and who's the father? I've been cheating on you with your cousin. Just the dumbest, morose shit. And it's what we obsess over. It's what we get off on. Almost the, the, the bad things that happen to other people. If you're not having all this fear uploaded into your brain from the news and social media or whatever you're fucking looking at, you've just got this morose, brainless, awful shit surrounding you. I mean, we are so close to living in an era where the running man exists. You ever seen that show Ultimate Tag? In two or three years when you lose a round, somebody's just going to shoot the contestant in the fucking head. That's what the running man was. We're so close to this gladiatorial end-of-the-world bullshit, and everyone is surrounded by it, everyone feeds into it and buys into it, and they have no fucking problem with it. They have no problem with their Maury Povic, and they have no problem with watching this ignorant trash like Jerry Springer, which, what, 30 years on the fucking air? Just cancer on the goddamn airwaves that means nothing. It's just insignificant trash that we're consumed by absolutely everything, down to fucking television. I mean, I'm not going to sit and shit all over Seinfeld, but it was a show that was billed as a show about nothing, and the whole world stops to fucking watch it. It means nothing. It has no point. It has nothing to further the fucking human race. Not that everything has to. Not that everything does. But that's who we are. That's what we are as a people. We watch this shit and we let it consume us. We base our lives on it, what we look like, what we talk like. 
We have the fear that comes to us from the news and every other media outlet that just lets you know every single day something bad is gonna happen or has happened or is about to happen, something horrible. There's no fucking peace, there's no emotion, there's no love. Kate Plays Christine personifies all of that. It's like a crescendo of just awfulness. It, it just takes every single thing that this human, Christine Shubbick, railed against. Her death itself, many people wonder, was she going to do it that day? There was a problem. She had three pieces of news to read and a film clip that would play. The film clip didn't play and when she was alerted, her behavior changed. She pulled a different piece of paper out. She read her final words and she shot herself at that moment. Was it planned? I think so. That specific day, Chris wanted everything taped, which didn't often happen. She even handled the film herself, which raises the question, did she fuck it up on purpose to give herself the perfect moment? Or was it just one of those situations, the film fucked up and that's what caused her to finally do it? We don't know. We don't know anything. And it's remarkable how so many people in the room didn't notice anything, didn't think anything was different. They could all comment that she seemed nervous, but that was just about it. It makes you really want to look around your surroundings and the people that you're with and the people that you deal with, and would they notice? Would they notice an odd change of behavior? Would you be able to pull off something like this? Not that you should. Not that you should even think about doing something like that. But it's all just one big if. One big what if. I think Christine had come up with her final piece. I think she was giving them what they wanted. Her actions themselves very crass and very snide. And just to continuously say, I'm not justifying them by any means, but she had a statement. She certainly had something to say. Obviously, it just wasn't heard. Just the bang, that's all anybody heard. And now, that brings us to the third and final film which wraps all of this together. This will give one big point to all my ranting, all my yelling, all my emotion, and all of this stuff about Christine Chubbuck. Network, 1976, written by Patty Chafesky, directed by Sidney Lumet. This movie is the what if. What if they had talked Christine out of it? What if? What if? What if? So you've got this guy. He's being fired from his job. He's a drunk. He's an old newscaster. He's fucking washed up. He's ready to go. Got two weeks notice, doing one of his final broadcasts. He tells the world, he tells America, next Tuesday I'm going to shoot myself. Q Howard. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like at this moment to announce that I will be retiring from this program in two weeks' time because of poor ratings. Since this show was the only thing I had going for me in my life, I have decided to kill myself. No one's even listening in the control room. One or two people hear it and it turns into an explosion. It starts its own fire and it starts its own problem. And again, it's one big rolling ball of what if. What if he didn't kill himself? What ends up happening here is he goes on this incredible tangent. He goes on this rant about how he's goddamn angry. He's mad as hell, and you should be too. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. And everybody listens. Everybody listens to this fanatical man who is mentally unstable, breaking down right in front of you, right on public television. He's losing it. And all the media wants, well, we gotta have more of this. This is, this is fucking amazing. This is just like Maury. This is just like Jerry Springer. This is some psychotic coming and standing in front of your 12-inch television screen just yelling at you, just screaming weird things that you don't understand. 
and they love it. People love it. They want to see it. It plays into the fear. It plays into everything. You've got this guy screaming fire and brimstone about how the world is going to end. And of course, normally in any situation, he's going to be fired. His best friend, played by William Holden, he's the only person that has any concern, any care. Unlike the true story in any film version of Christine, in the film network, someone actually recognizes that there's trouble with the lead character. They actually see that they're breaking down. They see that they need help. They know that there's a problem. And what happens when they point it out to other people? They get fired. Which, I'm surprised didn't happen actually with Christine Chubbuck. Uh, don't interfere, don't mind. And maybe that was sort of some of the problem, that she pushed people away so much her co-workers didn't want to help her. But at the same time, they speak so sympathetically to the police. And the police report, as I said, is very easily accessible. You might even just be able to Google Christine Chubbuck police report. It's 40 pages, and you yourself can read all these things that I have read. Probably the only work that was put into Kate Plays Christine was reading the Sally Quinn article and looking at the police report. So you could even just skip that movie and do the work on your own. I recommend it. I strongly do. I hardly talk this harshly about a film. And I rarely speak despicably of anything, but I do find this movie to be, uh, I, I have a lot of contempt for it. I think at the most, it's just a time waster. You learn nothing, and literally, they just downright not... Uh, Christine, 2016, the Campos film. The exploitation isn't incessant. The exploitation isn't even necessarily on purpose. The way that they configured and told the story does allow you to have a lot of emotion and have at least some form of understanding of who Christine Chubbuck may have been. I don't think it was necessary to show what happened to her, especially because of how she felt as a human being. And I know that's a lot to have some respect for a dead person you've never even met. And I don't mean that sarcastically. I mean, you're, you're writing a story. Actors are hired. People are hired. They're doing their job. They're, they're doing a job here. And that's the difference of things. The Campos thing, it's a movie. It's a film. It's fictionalized. It's dramatized. Kate plays Christine is, is taken in this documentary sense that you feel that you can trust it. Maybe it's just the way it's filmed. I think a lot of people, they see that shaky camels. It's got to be real, right? And it's just an opinion. As this show is. Reminder there, this is all an opinion. I don't hate the people that made it. I don't have a lot of respect for them. But I don't hate the people that made it. It's not a personal attack. But I think it's rude. I think it's ugly. And I think it's rude. So Network. Imagine it this way. Christine Chubbuck survives her suicide. And they decide to give her her own TV show where they bring a suicidal person on every week. They get to tell their story, and then Christine hands them a gun and they shoot themselves. That's what we're working with when it comes to network. And did I mention at the beginning of the show that we may get into some Patty Hearst territory? Well, here it comes. Get ready. So besides the exploitation of somebody that is incredibly mentally ill and desperately needs help, we get to see the inner workings, really, of media. One of the network execs played by Faye Dunaway. She's got this connection to the American Communist Party. And within the American Communist Party, they have a connection to this group. They're called the Ecumenical Liberation Army. You see, it's 1976. Patty Hearst has been caught. Most of the SLA burned to death. It's all over. But the Ecumenical Liberation Army, they kidnapped another heiress. Whole thing happens all over again. But instead of sending out communiques, tapes for the press and everyone else to hear the message, they're filming it. 
they're doing something completely different. They're breaking the rules. They're filming everything they do. They've got a fucking cameraman and a sound guy, I guess, and maybe a gaffer and a best boy. I don't know. But they're filming bank robberies. It's the exact same thing here. What's unique and what really gives this spice is it's an exploitation of the people doing the exploitation. I wonder how many times I say that as well as the word fuck on this episode. Which, when discussing Patty Hearst, is her family. The Hearst family. The people that exploit everything. I mean, they control the media 100%. Everything you read, everything you hear about, all the fear, all the, the sorrow, they control that. They're the ones that are directing it to you. So when Patty was kidnapped... They were controlling the things that you learned and heard and read and saw. They were the ones that were controlling the communiques. Of course, the SLA were recording them, but who was in control of letting the whole world know about it and also putting the world into a fear that the SLA was thousands and thousands of people as to where it truly was like eight bored middle-class white people. And then, of course, Sin Q. You want to learn more about all of that? Go back and check out the Patty Hearst three-part series. It's fun for everyone. Toddlers. Old people. Animals, everything. Play it for your plants. It's great. Helps them grow. So what this woman wants to do is start a show with this stark raving lunatic, Beals, played by Peter Finch, and then they show things like these actual bank robbery tapes. They let the world and public understand what the underground is really like, what the revolution is firsthand. And that kind of returns us and takes us back to Christine Shubick because you have her whole idea of bringing the news directly to you. Look how sensationalized the idea of that even was almost unironically when it comes to network. I mean, go figure. Her ideas that weren't good enough in life end up becoming absolutely perfect for a feature film. The things that she consistently was rejected for and pushed away for end up, end up becoming the sensationalization. And then the inner workings of this movie really get exposed. You, you get to see the valiant effort of some and others' absolute need to move to the top to be the most successful despite the fact it being incredibly hollow there being nothing there outside of a little name placard which i don't think is something that christine chubbuck wanted i don't think that is something she reached for i think she wanted to be successful in her own right in her own universe in her own mindset i think that she wanted to be herself and be everything she could be her way and consistently when she attempted to do that it was just no your way it's nice isn't it pretty to think so, like Hemingway said? But it's not the way things work. You gotta do things the way it works. But also, you come from a culture that teaches you about Picasso and tells you that everyone can be president. Just try really hard. You can be an artist. And then you sit down and you try and be an artist and drown in student debt and have no idea what to do with your life and everything is meaningless and pointless. Can't find a job. Society doesn't want artists. But they tell you, hey, it's a good idea. Follow your dreams. Hopefully your dreams consist of working in an Amazon factory. Christine Chubbuck and Patty Hearst don't have a lot in common, but when you separate who Patty Hearst was and who Christine was and you look at 30, 40, 50 years later, you see the exploitation of both of these people. Even my Patty Hearst show was for a great deal my opinion and my thoughts on it. Yes, I put a lot of research into it, but that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean it's true doesn't mean that you can believe absolutely everything you heard me say, and that goes double for this. But all these years later, it's just the exploitation of these people. Who the fuck would have known anything about Patty Hearst? She was just some heiress. 
She wasn't anything. Who who would have cared? This was way before an era of people like Paris Hilton, where we had these false gods that we worship, these people that have done nothing but been born 100% into wealth, like the whole Prince Harry thing. Why the fuck do we care so much about these people? And I have nothing against the royal family. I am an American, though. We had that whole thing, the revolution, all that. But we're the ones that are just, like, weeping. Can you believe this happened? Some dumb motherfucker set up a GoFundMe to help pay this prick's rent. Like, $14 million rent. Come on. Is that not brainwashing? You don't even know fucking anything about this guy. Of course, that's not the point. It's just a subject that I can use to allow you to see exploitation. I mean, in this situation, the public is the one being exploited at this point. We sit and we watch three people on television probably all together worth billions sitting and talking about how fucking hard life is. I mean, maybe if they'd done the interview in Flint, Michigan or someplace like that while drinking green water, I might have had a little bit more sympathy. But then you have situations like Christine Chubbuck and Patty Hearst where you would assume and would think there would be sympathy for these people. One woman shot herself, the other, regardless of the entirety of the story, was kidnapped, forced to live for 50-some-odd days in a closet, and then brainwashed, as they say, to help rob banks. She went to prison, she was pardoned. Everything that you would want out of society, she did her time. She was fucking pardoned. The difference between her and Christine Chubbuck is that Patty Hearst is still here. The direction of Patty's story, the way it's told, the information that is known, for one, comes greatly from her wealth and her parents. And that also might be something with the Christine Chubbuck story. Her grandparents had a great deal of wealth and at one point in time were very, very successful. Going to the early 1970s, I don't doubt that there was a lot of ability to suppress a lot of stuff like this. And once information is gone, it's gone. Once it's, it's purged, it's purged. You don't know how it was destroyed. By fire? I mean, there were computers, but this was back in the good old days where you could actually have information stored in other places and it's just gone. Anything on her is gone, and I keep echoing that over and over and over again on the show because it just, it's hollow and strange to me. I think there's so much more to this than any of us will ever know and any of us are able to know because there's just nothing. You can read everything on Patty Hearst. You can go listen to my three-hour special on fucking Patty Hearst. It's, there's a great deal of information on top of the Paul Schrader film. There's dozens of books, made-for-TV specials, movies, all sorts of stuff. And that's the different forms of exploitation. We can take Patty and we can exploit her because the story is provocative. And then we can take Christine and we can exploit her for the same reasons, but it's just the end of the story that is provocative to anyone else. You've got Patty Hearst. You've got this idea. Was she really brainwashed? Or was she radicalized? And finally, when she got caught, she resorted back to, well, I'm a rich girl. They kidnapped me. It wasn't my fault. It doesn't matter. I mean, unfortunately, as a whole, it, it just doesn't matter. Because all it's ever going to be focused on is the end of the story. Patty Hearst got busted and Christine shot herself. And something else they share in common is the fact that nobody really remembers any of this. No one has a recollection of it. Despite the fact how eerily similar the political climates were in the early 1970s to how they are right now in 2021. Ecumenical Liberation Army, though, I love that. Man, that work is a swell movie. This movie takes off into the emotional direction you would have expected Christine and Kate plays Christine to go into, and this movie's as old, just a few years older, what, a year or two, 1976 to 19... Uh, Christine Shubick died in 1974, this film came out in 1976, so it's a year and a half younger. This movie dealing 
directly in that time period, captures the point of Christine Chubbuck's story. It captures the point of why she killed herself, and it shows you the utter exploitation that would be to come. That is the Campos film, and Kate plays Christine, but it's not just derived from that standpoint. Obviously, the Peter Finch character, Howard Beale, who is the man who's going to uh, kill himself on live TV, that's where Christine comes in. But you've got the what if, you've got this hypothetical here. He doesn't kill himself, and he's given his own TV show where he just gets to rant and rave, and he's fucking unstable. The one person that was able to help him has been fired, and everyone else around him is, explo is exploiting him, is pressuring and pushing and trying to get more and more and more and more because of the ratings, because of the money. I mentioned at the beginning of the show that we'd get into this, but there is no government. Ever. There's an idea of it, but there is money. And this is, is beautifully some of the greatest dialogue just screaming, yelling, angry dialogue you'll ever hear comes out of this movie. But that's sort of a Sidney Lumet thing. He had the greatest skill of getting a bunch of people around and being able to just get them to yell and it sound great. Ever heard of 12 Angry Men? 12 people around a table yelling for 90 minutes and goddamned if it's not good. Motherfucker did Dog Day Afternoon. If you've not seen Dog Day Afternoon, I know this is totally off subject, but come on, do me a favor. Watch Dog Day Afternoon. It's a great film. John Cazale, arguably one of his best fucking performances. I mean, <laughs> out of three. Not a lot to deal with here, but, you know, you've got The Godfather, which I'm not a fan of. Not a Godfather fan. And I have nothing to back that up. We're not going to talk about that at all. I'm going to fucking unload a statement like that and not say anything else about it. The Deer Hunter. And then Dog Day Afternoon. Deer Hunter is a fucking spectacular motion picture on its own, but man, if you could go to any country you want to, where would it be? Montana. Fucking tell me Dog Day Afternoon isn't just great. Sidney Lumet, master of dialogue, master of direction, great talent in general. This film is, is like, all it is is emotion. I mean, the, the first scenes of the movie is this guy talking about he's going to whack himself on fucking television. Well, that sounds like he was just going to jerk off. I don't know why I used that fucking verbiage. <laughs> he's going to shoot himself on television. And then it's just pure degradation. And when Christine Chubbuck died, that's all it was. She finally made every news outlet. She was on the cover of the Times everywhere. This pissant station, WXLT-TV, that probably would have been shut down in a year or two, blew up. Became an affiliate station. It finally had some form of success. If it bleeds, it leads. That's the point. That's, that's, that's the whole thing. That's what we're fighting against. It's what we're railing against here. And I, like I said earlier, this has nothing to do with horror. This has nothing to do with trash cinema. This has nothing to do with exploitation movies. This is the exploitation and the horror and the devaluing and the dehumanization of somebody, of somebody that was real. Just like me and you and your mom and your brother and your cousin and your best friend. Real. In the flesh. You can't turn that off. You can't just change the channel. You can't delete it. You can't just skip over it and go to the next episode. It's fucking real. It's life. I'll avoid going deep into the details of Network because this is a film that truly deserves its own show, its own full episode on Death by DVD. But what you're presented with here is the absolute degradation of somebody that needs help, somebody that's incredibly unstable, somebody that anyone can see needs help. And it echoes the Christine story. At the beginning of the film, he says to a colleague, what would you think about me blowing my brains out? And they laugh because nobody takes anything seriously and that's instilled into us. It's not your fault. It's not a fault of anyone. It's what we have with this society. It's, it's what we literally are driven to of 
being a snarky, sarcastic, don't get close to anyone sort of mentality. And that's the fear. And that's what's given to us every day. That's all that we are exposed to on any single secular level, even jumping on Facebook. It's just constant fear. When you're surrounded by it, how can you not help but be afraid? How can you not help but buy into it? And how can you not help but believe in it? On one of his rants in the film, Peter Finch's character, Howard Beale, yells out, Television's not the truth! Television's a goddamn circus! And that, that's an embodiment. The whole chase, the whole point. The fact that somebody's life couldn't even be seen withering away because of, of what, ratings and the importance of, of entertainment? The value of human life is so little these days, don't you think? In the last two, three hundred years, let's say since the Industrial Revolution or so, really, the value of a human being it just doesn't stand for anything. I mean, for one, now you can be replaced easily by a robot. But if you're not working, what's your worth to society? Oh, you're bummed out? You're depressed? Well, how's that society's fault? That's the mentality that you're constantly given. That, that's the only thing that the four walls of realism surround you with. It's always your fault. But you know what? We live in a society that doesn't want you to succeed. We live in a world that doesn't want you to have your own dreams and your own thoughts. So is it your own fucking fault? Is it Christine's fault? Is it her fault that she played ball? Is it her fault that she gave him what she wanted? I think the disgusting thing, I think the fault is, is the people that glorify it. I think it's the fault of people like Robert Greene, who did Kate Plays Christine, that just continuously push and perpetuate that same angle despite trying to have some mentality of their own that they're doing the right thing. And it's just disturbing. It's very strange that not just Christine Shubick, but in general, all we can ever fixate on is the end of the story. All we can ever look at is the horrible end. We never look at anything else. Network speaks on an industry that exploits people at, at all levels. Kate Plays Christine is just another part of that industry, exploiting a person and calling them names 40 years after they're dead, and then insulting the audience. Like, they're any better? Like, they've done absolutely anything better outside of playing to ratings and just playing it up because they know at the end of the movie there's going to be a big bang? All they've done is exploited the blood and guts. It's literally, Kate Plays Christine is like the company that's exploiting Beals and Network. It, it's the same hand. Death is real. It's not just a rating. But it's all it's used for. Real death. Not horror. Not action movies. Real death. All this real death is sensationalized. But the actual deaths, the, the, the meaning behind them, all of it's completely lost. It's forgotten, and in most cases, it's just erased. It just leaves the violence, and it leaves the violence able to be exploited. Even something like Sandy Hook, even something like 9-11, we have the violence. We never have the story. The thing is, you know, no one's nice to each other. There is no love. We live in a cold world, and it's all based on money, and it's all based on ratings. It's all based on some form of success that's all completely arbitrary when it comes down to the end of the day. If life wasn't reduced to just the most basic things, just entertainment, basic flesh-level excitement, love would be more common. But we have fear, and we have doom, and we have gloom, and we have hate, and we have xenophobia pushed on us every single day. How can, you, how can you not feel alone in a society that does nothing but monger fear? I mean, really, I keep coming back to that question, but what other option does anyone have? There is no compassion. It's just a bunch of scared people. All, all we are, all, all everyone is, it's just a bunch of scared people. Bustling along every day, ignoring one another.
There's no love, if only. Just be complacent. Don't make waves. Don't leave your house. Or you're going to get carjacked. Don't have a personality. Just do your work. Keep your head down and do what we're told. Just watch American Idol and drink your Coors Light. Imagine if we didn't live like that. Imagine if Christine hadn't lived like that. Though what difference would it have made? You know, ultimately, we don't know anything. Her death. Could it have stopped the world's greatest news reporter? I don't know. I doubt it. But her death would have stopped was a death. And isn't that enough? Isn't the human life being saved enough? Of course, there wouldn't be any sensationalizing. There wouldn't be anything to write home about. There'd be no clickbait article to read at two in the morning about somebody shooting themselves. And that's the morose thing. That's the bizarre thing. Fixate on the death. You fixate on the end. You exploit all of that. And you've done what to show that there was a person behind all of it. You've just completely forgotten them. And it takes us back to the beginning of this episode, where I say Christine was forgotten and almost erased. Could it be her powerful grandparents or the station being embarrassed that have just removed her from this earth? Her family's incessant need to continuously say, ah, it's because she couldn't get married and have kids. That doesn't seem like the thing that held Christine Chubbuck down. Obviously, she held herself down in many, many cases. She fought herself. But it wasn't just her. It wasn't like a woman against the world. It was more like a world against somebody that didn't want to fit in the way that they thought she should. Sometimes people just don't take it. I mean, what else can you say? What other reasoning can you give? This was planned. She bought the gun. She knew what she was going to do. She had a message. I keep saying that. I keep pointing that out. She had a message. We let this fear and this hate into our homes and our hearts and our minds. We let it poison us. We let it destroy us and our children's lives and the next generation and the future after that. We teach them to have the same fear. We teach them to hate the same things. There is no understanding. There is no love. There is no compassion. And the point is this world lacks all of those things. This world lacks rainbows, man, and puppy dogs, sparkles. So much could, could come from every life, every single life. So much can come from it. And we live in a world that doesn't want that. We live in a world that doesn't want to perpetuate. We live in a world that doesn't want to push you to be the best that you can be. We live in a world that pushes you to be the best that you can be for something else. Be the best that you can be for your society so you work hard every day and pay taxes. What does that fucking do for you, man? What happened to your inner child? What happened to your dreams? What happened to your hopes? You can ask the same thing about Christine Chubbuck, but really ask yourself. Where are all those things? She put a gun to the back of her head in 1974 and she killed herself. She chose to get off the ride. But what about all those same things that you can connect and you can look at? When somebody kills themselves, they're at the very end of everything. That's it. You kill yourself. All those things that once stood for something erupted into space and time. When did you stop loving the world? When did you stop dreaming? You should never allow yourself to stop dreaming. You should never give up. I don't think Christine did. I don't think she gave up. And I don't think she stopped dreaming. I think she just decided this is the point. This is what you want. This is what you get. This is reality. You ask for it and you shall receive. In its own sense, perhaps Christine was exploiting death, exploiting the nature of all those around her, forcing all of them to look inside themselves. Her action, her moment, evoked something in all of these people. 
I don't know where they are. They're probably all in their 70s and 80s, and most of them are dead. But in that moment, they were all forced to look deeply inside of themselves and the world around them. And I don't, I don't know if anybody recognized anything. I can't answer those questions. I don't know. But I think the actions behind Christine Chubbuck putting a gun to her head is far more than just suicide. I think within that trigger being pulled, there was a lesson. And there was a point. I think 40-some-odd years later, that point is still evident. But clearly... It's not seen very well. And the option to exploit that point is, is so incredibly easy that, that that's just how it's been done. Of course, the easy way is always what's done first. Not that I'm uncovering any stones here or, or trying to change the direction of these films. Obviously, I don't care for Kate Plays Christine, but I felt the 2016 film Christine itself it's worth seeing. It's emotional. It attempts to tell something. It, it, it attempts to connect. Maybe it will for you. I found it avoiding any point in any conversation about Christine. Just this little expose piece about some sad person. Isn't that all everything is? Just a little piece about sad people? It's not how the story ends that matters. It's the story itself and how it's told. Most of the time, all we focus on is the end. We exploit it. Death is certain. Life is not. It's just a ride. If only. If. If only we could care about the story and not just the ending. Death sells. One way or another. It always wins. Death will always win because it sells. You might not see it happen, but you'll hear about it. You'll read about it. The end. That's always known. Sensationalized. Fuck the story. Network is the perfect example, and still, to this day, it gets the point. If Christine lives on in any way, the message of Network is her spirit on this earth. It's not an insult or exploitation of her life. Everything she stood for, everything that she fought for, is evident and it's crystal clear. It's all right there. The dehumanization, the lack of compassion... The hate everyone has that's just taught to us, that's just instilled on us from every form of media that we try and connect to. It's all right there, and it's all incredibly relevant, just as much as it was in 1976 as it is to this day, and the fact that it all comes from what Christine Shubick did. You look at this. Somebody got it. Somebody got it 40 years ago. And now, you can even see the impact of, of how people live in fear with something like Kate Plays Christine because the ending of the movie is just so juvenile and it's so bland. I think that's even one of the most offensive things about it is it's downright bland and it's insulting to me as a viewer that you think you can get away with that and call it a, a, a piece. You think you can get away with that and call it justice to the human being that was your subject matter. Kate Plays Christine gives no regard to who Christine Shubick was and is. Bad ratings kill, though. They really do. One way or another. Your career, your life. It's a hard business. Not just entertainment. Life in general. You might not work for ABC, but you're still being rated. Every single one of us all day, every day. And we all live in fear. What do you do to, to let the sun shine in? What do you do to let the love in? What do you do to make tomorrow a better day? I can't answer that. I don't know. I can't tell you anything. But what I can do is say that Almost in martyrdom, Christine Chubbuck exists and dies, fighting a system that only wants you to be afraid. She was tired of the fear, so she gave them a taste of their own medicine. And I know that sounds insane, but at the end of the day, that's what I truly believe. 
And I look into her eyes and I stare at these awful grainy pictures of her. That's what I believe. Let's look at Taxi Driver, Martin Scorsese, written by Paul Schrader. Here is a man who wouldn't take it anymore, the actions of Travis Bickle. So he goes in, he kills all those people, shoots that whorehouse up, kills all the pimps. Is there any difference? I mean, just the, the whole point of that story itself. Take away the fact that he lives. He's supposed to die. He gets shot up by all those people. He killed himself. He did this as an action, a last stand, martyred him. It's not so hard to conceptually look at it. I mean, maybe you can look at something fictionalized and see it. And I think that's what Kate plays Christine tried to do, is almost fictionalize the story to remove some emotion from it. Maybe playing off the fact that her story has been erased, whether it's from embarrassment or her family not wanting it to be exposed, not wanting her to be seen, which is ridiculous. This has nothing to do with the death tape. This has to do with her work. This has to do with her life and the essence thereof. It, it, it's just gone. And who is anyone to say that we can't see it? Christine put it out in the world for us to see, and then it just gets taken away because of the end of the story? So no one paid attention to the beginning or the middle, it seems. And that's, I guess, how it goes in life. They remember you when you're gone. No one listened to Christine when she was alive. But decades after her death, she gets to be exploited by some filmmakers for their own point. Or what they think is a point but they don't actually have one. Even in death, no one listened to Christine Chubbuck. Dehumanization. Just, just breaking her down to an idea. Just an idea of someone that killed themselves in a shocking manner. The movies about her exploit the blood and guts that she literally stood against. It misses the story that she tried to tell. It misses the type of story she would have covered. A human story. A story about a person who wouldn't bend to fit in. They wanted to be themselves to the extent that they died for it. The human, though dead, the entity, it matters more than some edgy drama club shock scene. It matters more than insulting the audience. Network hyperfixates on the exploitation. The exploitation of a human. The exploitation of somebody with a problem. The exploitation of somebody that deeply needs help. And like Christine, at the end of the day, their death is completely misunderstood. When it all comes down to the end, I feel Christine Chubbuck has been nothing but exploited. While she lived, and in death, nothing but exploitation. That itself saddens me almost as much as her death. The fact that she dies in such a violent, vulgar manner, with such a point, with something so poignant, and it's just missed. It's just chalked up to headlines and ratings, and then years and years later, it's just this exploitive manner that we can line out onto a film and you can watch and just move on from. Nothing that touches you, nothing that has a valid meaning, nothing that reaches inside of you and lets you understand something. Just vacancy. Not even a story of life and death, just death. That's what we get when it comes to Christine Chubbuck. It's heartbreaking. It's defeating. It makes you wonder at the end of the day. It makes you wonder what's going to be said and left of you. All of us. Is it just going to be the end of the story? I don't know if this will mean anything to you. I had a lot of things I wanted to say about Christine Chubbuck. I didn't get them all out, but I hope I made a point. I hope, to some extent, I helped accentuate her point. I can't speak for her in death, but I can certainly tell you I felt something. Her story made me think about myself and life. This show, a lot of things. I think Christine Chubbuck was an amazing person, with an amazing message. Her means of showing the world outlandish, brutal, cold, some could say selfish, but it's all perspective. 
Absolutely everything is. You never know what you look like through other people's eyes. You really don't. I don't think, unfortunately, we could say that Christine Shubik has gotten any peace or has been able to rest in peace. Her image, her message, her life has just been completely and utterly exploited. For the entertainment of others, for the artistic perspective of others, but even in death, which was captured on film, her message is just unheard. Her family doesn't let it be heard. Her friends didn't have anything to say, and the filmmakers that have represented her have fallen incredibly short with representing anything human, with giving any sympathy to who she was. A human fucking being named Christine. Not just a story, not just an ending. Throughout this whole thing, researching Christine, Recording this episode, I couldn't help but think of a poem by a guy named Rudyard Kipling. You might know him as the fellow that wrote the Jungle Book. But he wrote this poem called If. Dennis Hopper, he was a big fan of this thing. Recited it once on the Johnny Cash show. And for most of his career would find ways to fit little lines into his dialogue. I know it definitely appears in Apocalypse Now. I don't know what else I could say. I could continue telling you the information I've researched and gathered on Christine Shubbuck. I could ramble about society, but I think enough has been said. I hope at least enough to put a thought in your head to give you something to look at. Not death, not fear, but love, and letting it in, in all vicinities, in every way you can, to relish and wallow in all positivity, to look at the sun and the sky, and to realize that tomorrow is another day. Christine had a message. And she had a point. But that doesn't mean it's your message. And that doesn't mean it's your point. So I'm going to leave you with this poem. Make of it what you will. All of this and more. It's all perception. If you can keep your head. When all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you. But make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting. Or being lied about. Don't deal in lies. Or being hated, don't give way to hating. And yet, don't look too good, nor talk too wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master. If you can think and not make thoughts your aim. If you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same. If you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you gave your life to broken and stoop and build them up with worn-out tools. If you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone and so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can walk with crowds and keep your virtue or walk with kings nor lose the common touch. If neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you, but none too much. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with sixty seconds worth of distance run. Yours is the earth, and everything that's in it, and which is more. You'll be a man, my son. Rest in peace, Christine Chubbuck. It doesn't seem like anyone ever wished that for her, in life or death. Peace. The ashtray is full, and the bottle is empty. Until next week. Peace.
by DVD is recorded in front of a dead studio audience. Portions of today's programming have been mechanically reproduced. The management and the staff wish you a pleasant good night and good morning. I'm Linnea, and I like death by DVD. It's a statement.